0: future we're talking
1: real money oh it's been a busy day for don mcdonald podcasts on this friday when we're putting this thing together i was on stacking benjamins today and tom just asked me we were sitting around talking he goes so what did you talk about on stacking benjamins yes that's what i said that's what he said and i meant it yeah. yeah well what we did is on stacking benjamins every once in a while they have they have a game show And the game show pitted the roundtable, Paula Pant, uh, Len Penzo, and myself against each other in a competition to see who could guess correctly the 10 Habits for Better Investing from an article at M1 Finance. All right. Now, what is M one Finance? I'm not sure I even know. Well, it's like a um, uh, it's, it's it's a money management platform. Paul Merriman used to use it. I don't know if he does anymore. Uh, you can set up goals and buy, I think you can even buy and sell. I think it has a a brokerage component. Yeah. Now,
2: do you have have actual impact on monetary supply? Because isn't M1 some amount of money that's in the economy or
1: something? Yeah, totally different M1. It's a Ah. website. Okay, just checking. It's a website. All right. So anyway, there was this article. Apparently, no one was confident enough in it to uh, claim that they authored this. So we sat around in the studio and guessed... What was on the list? And I said things like, save regularly. Good habit, don't you think? I think that's one of
2: the – if you don't do that, you never get to be an investor because you got to save first.
1: Through the first two rounds, I believe, of the competition, not one of us got a single thing right.
2: Wait a minute. You all came up with guesses and you didn't – no, no, no. i'm questioning the whole bunch of you if you can't get one of them come on i, I know
1: i know at some point i th- i think i said out loud i'm supposed to be an expert on this <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> a little scary it, it was and then we started kidding around and saying this list must be terrible and i looked up the list are you ready please give me a couple you, you, now I'm all right. these are these are the 10 habits Ten habits. That will help make you a better investor. One. Educate yourself. All right. All right. All right. That's... I'll give them I that one. And no, then no. Always oh.
2: The question is how, but okay. Yeah. I mean, would he watch Jim Cramer every day or read Investor's Business Daily. Or oh, do don't okay, get me started go. on them. All right. Trying to make an easy one for you. Yeah.
1: They did say, you know, f- fill in your knowledge gaps with resources like Jason Zweig's column.
2: Oh, okay. Which now, we now like. There's one I can, right. I can affirm. Yes. We,
1: we, I think I got that one because I came in close, but. It wasn't exactly dead on. I think I got that one in a later round. We ended up in the lightning round to see who won. So anyway, we—that's uh, the first one. The second one, yeah. Again, I kind of agree with it, but I don't know that it's a habit of investors. Regulate your media intake.
2: I don't. That think sounds like don't expose yourself too much to other people telling
1: you what to do. Yeah, I think they're, ta- they're talking about all the advice that you, you constantly hear on Investor's Business Daily and oh, CNBC and Fox Business and all of that stuff. So, yeah, I, okay, I'm going to kind of give you that. Uh, shift your spending.
2: Okay, I have no idea what that has to do with being a habit of a better I don't
1: either. It says shift your spending away from high-interest credit cards. That just makes you a, a better spender. That just That's makes a you a smarter consumer. Aspect. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Nothing mm-hmm. to do with investing. No. Sharpen your skills with automated investing. Now, what in the well, those world? Those are two
2: different things. Because if you give all the money to acorns and you let them do this automated, why do you have to sharpen your skills? Sharpen your skills when you go to Robinhood and you buy and sell options, correct?
1: Right. And this one, this one, I think I understand why they put it on there and snuck it in the middle because the third paragraph of the explanation says on M1, we take automation seriously. See, I think it was a plug. All right. Number five, study another long-term investor. So this is- Hi friend, can I follow you
2: around? Well, yeah, I'm wondering. So, do you do you follow Warren Buffett into the men's room and try and overhear what he's saying to Charlie Munger in the next stall, or exactly how does this work? I mean, I you know,
1: I, at I, their I mean, age, I, at, I at their age, you're going to have to spend a lot of time in the restroom because <laughs> I'm be sh- <laughs> taking plenty of time. Ouch! <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> there goes the afternoon. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Uh, mm.
1: Yeah, I I think that it rem- it's a, remember each investor has a unique strategy. No, actually, see, this is one of the things I, I I find a little bit frustrating. I guess is the best word about some of these publications and some of these writers. And uh, is that there is a an investing strategy that should differ from person to person. Uh-uh. Well, and the fact that there is a guru,
2: and the fact that there is. Somebody out there who knows something that are going to whisper in your ear that's going to make you a better investor. We don't know that person, and we've been doing this for a very long time.
1: Next one is clarify your finances. Now, I think that's just a really bad title for that one because the gist of it is pretty good. How much do you spend? We talk about this. How much do you spend? But that's a really terrible way of stating it, clarify your finances.
2: Is that like making sure you understand how you're spending your money? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that, again, I don't know what the habits of investing, but.
1: Oh, I think, oh, Len, Len Penzo, if you listen to our podcast, you should have gotten one right because I think Joe messed up. It says, uh, how much do you need to deduct from your paycheck to land on your employer's retirement match? And Len, you did say that. I'm giving you a point. Like,
2: Which is something everybody should know, obviously, because you want to get at least up the the, the free money, right? Right. Yeah. I and mean, there's people overlook that all the time. I see people, oh, maxing it out. No, oh, you're not even getting all the money they give you from your employer. The the, the good people that work at Boeing leave, I forget, however, millions of dollars on the table every year because they don't at least save up to the six to get the free money from Boeing.
1: Crazy. That's just silly. It's free money. Now, yep. this one, again, badly phrased. Review your portfolio at regular intervals. Now, Len got this one given to him because he said rebalance. So rebalance is good, but
2: if you, what I find, though, if people review things often, then they have a tendency to say, I got to sell this because it hasn't done well and buy that because it has done well, which is the exact opposite of rebalancing. Rebalancing, you're selling the things that have gone up and buying the things that have gone down. It's counterintuitive. Most people who spend too much time looking at all this just end up making more moves and end up with less money.
1: Number 8 I don't even get. Turn your checklists into priority lists. I don't I know that I, have I get no that idea one. what that means. It says uh, the problem with conventional checklists is that the check marks all look alike. So I guess you're supposed to say this check mark is more important than this check mark. And put them in order. Let's move
2: on. Let's, let's move on there.
1: You want another priority on your list?
2: <laughs> I don't want that. Okay. I think it's a silly thing to say.
1: This one I got because I oh, said, good. know your risk tolerance. And I was given this one by the judges. Number nine, master your emotions.
2: Which is, we already know is the hardest part of all of this because we can show you how to build a portfolio, we can get you on the track. It's sadly, most people can't stay on it because stocks do this, bonds do this, whatever does this gets in your head and you got to do something and it messes you up. You're right there. Good work.
1: And finally. Yes. Number 10. Okay. Adopt a growth mindset.
2: So you're going to sell all your value stocks? Only You're going to only own growth stocks? No, no, no. Here's what you have to do.
1: You have to like get into the growth zone. My portfolio is going to go up tomorrow. My portfolio is going to go up tomorrow. Oh, okay,
2: because I've been in the growth zone since I was about 25, and I'd prefer to be the other direction,
1: actually, if possible. Value? Value? Oh, not that direction. I'm talking. I'm talking, I'm oh, talking this growth you, you, right here. You're talking. You're talking. Oh, <laughs> uh, you stole Paul Merriman's joke again, or a variation on, on that. Since
2: the fourth <laughs> grade, I have lost over four thousand pounds. Thank you, Paul. Uh,
1: and again, this one has very little to do with investing. It, it, I get the growth mindset thing. You know, if but, you have,
2: but who isn't in a? I mean, I guess if you're 85 years old, you're not. But well, otherwise, no, I think most they're saying.
1: Are. Think about growing your career. Think that you're. You You know, for example, they used a quote. They used a quote, for 20 years, my research has, this is from Carol Dweck, who wrote a book on this. For 20 years, my research has shown that the view you adopt for yourself profoundly affects the way you lead your life. It can determine whether you become the person you want to be and whether you accomplish the things you value, but it has i i nothing to do with investing
2: no i actually because i'm a believer in affirmations i buy that yeah think you, and grow and, whatever but nah
1: and you believe the Not sun shines on your side of the street in seattle all the time too
2: <laughs>
1: waiting by the way for
2: 2021 to kick in if you don't mind Where's that sun? Come on.
1: All right. Um, yeah, it's coming soon. Yeah. So if you want to hear the terrible game show, go to the Stacking Benjamins podcast for Friday. I, the you know, when you tell 26th. me that, I,
2: I want to do the dating game theme, but I'm not going to. Uh,
1: gonna, wasn't that a, a Herb Alpert thing? Da, da, da. In, indeed it was. Let's do this one, Tom. I got a question for you. Quit da, 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 humming yes. and answer questions, da, 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 darn it. Da, da, da.
2: Yes. Okay, go.
1: Let me first thank you for answering my personal questions in the past and wow. answering crazy. more through advice to others. I have been following, speaking of Paul Merriman, Paul Merriman's fidelity recommendations for a few years. I was more tilted to small and value then his recommendations in a ninety-five really? percent equity, five percent bond allocation. Well, good for you. Then d- pay no attention to Paul. Now I am getting into my later forties.
2: <laughs> okay, first hey, of all, hey, why wait. ninety-five five? Why not ninety ten or eighty
1: twenty? I don't know. So he's it. aggressive. It's
2: okay. He's in his. But five percent bonds—that is meaningless absolute there's absolutely feel just be better 100 he's go all the way he's in a growth mindset finish the bottle of whatever you're drinking go crazy it's right i mean come
1: on. all right now he's getting ancient and he's in his later 40s oh
2: yeah i just added old. the okay.
1: ancient part Thank and you, what i consider it. a large amount invested i am looking to move to an 80 20 or 70 30 his growth mindset is declining Uh I noticed the most recent recommendations Mr. Merrickman is making. Fidelity, zero funds for a large-cap blend, an international large-cap blend. I would like your thoughts on these versus an actual index mutual fund. We'll start with that one, then I'll do the rest of the question.
2: Well, what do I think?
1: Yeah, what do you think? I'd take the
2: index fund every every time. I would, too. And the fact of the matter is— I'd have to talk to Paul as to why he's gone the other direction. Because he sees the the zero.
1: He sees the zero.
2: Ah, like Coke Zero, they right. can drink as much as you well, like and they'll kill you. And I mean, the,
1: mm. the fact of the matter is, the Fidelity Zero funds have zero expenses, but I get th- that they're I not identical that. to the entire index that the Fidelity in- index funds follow. And bear in mind, the fidelity I believe the Fidelity U.S. index is a three one hundredths of one percent expense ratio. Somebody's calling you, Tom and that the Fidelity International, I think, is six one-hundredths of 1% expenses. So they're so low as to be practically non-existent.
2: Well, and this is one of the, yeah, we want you to pay attention to expenses, no question. But sometimes the expense tail wags the dog a little bit here because I'm getting this free. Well, I'd I personally, I'd rather have an index fund. I know what I own. I know what it's going to look like tomorrow. Nobody's going to make some change there. So that's my take.
1: Well, and the Fidelity Zero funds aren't exactly the index. They try to look like the index, but they're not the index. So now he's also hoping to hear what we think of his bond positions. For a 70-30 split, his bonds would be 15% intermediate treasury index, 9% short-term treasury index, and 6% inflation-protected bond index. I was thinking splitting my bonds equally between the three. I know a lot of research has gone into his recommendations, but would like your take on this. And then there's one more thing after this.
2: Well, I think that's a good bond setup. Again, I would want this to be qualified money. Because if you're doing this in a taxable environment, you don't want to have the tips for sure, mm-hmm. uh, knowing nothing about your income and your, your tax situation. But no, I think that's a very reasonable amount. Remember that the short term and the tips, they're a little bit different, but not a lot. I mean, the, the thing you may get from the tips, especially now moving forward, is unexpected inflation on the horizon. could really bail you out a little bit if we do get that.
1: Yeah, and I think that Paul's thinking, really, when you look at that, it's almost like a 50-50 split in the bond portion of the portfolio between the higher-yielding intermediates and the almost non-yielding short-term and tips. So, I think just do go with it. But anyway, if, yeah, if you go if 10-10-10, is it going to make a big difference in your life? No. No. No, it won't. Nope. All right, here we go. Last part of it. Lastly. I cannot remember you and Tom ever talking much about asset allocation. Huh? Really? I think we talk. Don't we talk about it? I guess we really don't a lot. I understand understand the tax benefits of tax advantaged accounts, but even though I have an emergency fund of at least six months, I feel like all my worth is in retirement plans. I know if I start to increase money in taxable accounts, I would invest it so it would not be as reliable as the cash in my emergency fund, but I would have the money more available than the retirement accounts thanks for all you do i'm not sure i understand the question i do i do i, do, I get okay, it he's please. saying oh, over and over and above his retirement accounts should he yeah. have a taxable brokerage account that's more aggressive than his emergency funds but more accessible than his retirement accounts
2: what But accessible i, I mean i don't more, know more well means. Because, words, without
1: without having to pay taxes or penalties Because he's saying right now, if he's pulling money out of his qualified account in his 40s,
2: he's going to pay taxes and a penalty. Okay, but if you put money into a taxable account and it goes up, then you pull it out, you're either going to pay long-term or short-term capital gains tax on that. Plus income tax on dividends. Yeah, okay, that's going to be a small number, but yeah, it exists. So there really is no way to, here's the only way I know of the money in the taxable account, as he put it, the sort of post-tax, I would, that's why I would not have bonds there, and I'd probably have all stocks, stock funds, obviously. Exchange-traded funds are even more tax-efficient, right, due to their treatment of capital gains. So that's probably how I'd look at it to really max out what you're doing and pay the least
1: amount of tax. Or here's another idea. Again, once you've maxed all of your... Qualified accounts, I believe that you should max those if you can. Um, Then you do the taxable brokerage account. But over and above that, if you've not completely maxed them out, it almost sounds like you're saying, should I have a six-month truly safe emergency portfolio and then maybe six months or a year past that of secondary emergency? And that might not be terrible. To have 12 or 18 months worth of pseudo-emergency money probably let you sleep more soundly at night. So, yeah, what you might want to do for something like that is look at a balanced a, a, a tax-advantaged balanced fund or something like that, tax managed if there is such a thing. I'd have to look. I don't remember if there are. I don't know that there is tax
2: managed balanced index look. fund. You know, I mean there balanced index fund is fairly tax efficient anyway in fact because it's an index they're not buying and selling a lot of the securities in the portfolio they're not removing things around so it's going to be yeah
1: yeah vanguard tax tax managed balance fund admiral there you go the symbol is vtmfx and that could be your secondary emergency fund and then as a tertiary emergency fund, you could use something even like VT or, or VT Wax. But I think that uh, if, you've, if you've not maxed out your other funds and you just want more money to be available without incurring a penalty, this, is, this may be the way to go. I,
2: I think that's a good idea. And again, here's something I would think hard on before I use a tax-managed fund of any kind, truly what your tax rate is and what you're giving up in returns to own that.
1: Thank you very much for the question. And I think that pretty much wraps up this podcast. Remember tomorrow, Saturday. Well, see, it depends on when you listen to this podcast. On Saturdays, Tom and I do a live radio show that you can listen to live. If you just go to TalkingRealMoney.com, there's a player on the website. Or uh, we edit it down and turn it into a podcast the next week. So if you want to call us and actually speak with us live, Call between 3 and 5 Eastern time or noon and 2 Pacific on Saturday to the same number, 855-935-TALK, 855 or send questions in at TalkingRealMoney.com on the contact form. And one more thing, if you have one of these convoluted questions, and we do get a lot of those, and sometimes we're just not able to answer them in the podcast because there's too, there are too many moving parts, it's just a lot of complication, we promise you that we, as a firm at Vestry, will help you at no cost, with no obligation and sales pitch, for a limited amount of time. We will not manage your money for free, but we will help you, and you won't feel like you're getting sold something. So, if you really need some more involved help with your money...
2: (laughs) you only not won't feel like it you won't get sold anything you'll yeah. feel like it but, but
1: like i mean it. most of the time when people say that you you go oh god it's phony I'm it's a, it's sold. a come on yeah. it's a,
2: yeah right no i get it
1: it's yeah. not no, a come it's on none of that. it's no. not
2: fair enough
1: so go to vestry.com make an appointment right there on the website or call our office at 800-386-3004 800-386-3004 Thanks so much for listening to the Talking Real Money podcast. We do have a huge request, a huge ask. Tell other people about it. Spread the word. Put it on your Facebook page. Really. Um, Tweet us. Tweet about us. If you're you're a tweeter or a Twitterer. Is it a tweeter or a Twitterer?
2: What if you're a tweener?
1: Uh, I haven't been a tweener in like 50 some odd years no
2: Him i know, but what if you are i do uh, tweeter Twitter, tweener
1: i don't know uh you could twitter it you could instagram us i don't care i don't know what that is but go ahead Tiktok tock us i don't know what that is either but go ahead
2: <laughs> oh come on
1: or write a review well what do you tick tock
2: i've i've never but i've seen tick tocks that's where that uh, silly comedian used to be on the now is her own TV show. She though did the Trump things, and oh yeah, she was yeah, on yeah, TikTok. Yeah, yeah. I think right. So, yeah.
1: so anyway, See thanks you. for listening. Take care. We'll talk to you really soon. We're here all the time talking real money.
0: Talking real money.